Hello and welcome to Another Look, a podcast about anything and everything that we feel deserves another look. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we're going to talk about Halloween. Now, today we're going to do something a little different. This episode, I'm going to do a double feature review as I watched both the old and the new for the first time in the same day. I thought it would be nice to not only review, but compare and contrast both films since they are both fresh in my mind. So first things first, the original. Released in 1978, written, composed, and directed by the legend himself, John Carpenter. Now going into this movie, it was a bit hard for me because it's touted as being one of the greatest and first in the slasher subgenre of horror. So it's safe to say this movie had been hyped up to 11 long before I'd ever seen it. And after finally seeing it, I gotta say, and this is gonna have you guys hating me, but I was disappointed, really disappointed. Now, there's not to say there's uh, not good things in this movie. The tracking shots, Jamie Lee Curtis's performance, and the music are all praiseworthy aspects. But the majority of the choices the characters make in this film go from dumb to improbable to unexplained. Now, I don't need everything spelled out for me. In fact, I'm a huge champion of subtlety, but Michael Myers' motivation for what he does and why he does it and who he's doing it to don't really hold much water. Now, listeners who are big fans of this film are going to say, But Jeremy, he's a force of nature made up of pure evil. He doesn't need a motivation. But if that's true, he would have attempted to kill that kid he followed earlier in the film. But he doesn't. Also, for the whole force of nature thing to work, he has to be seen as something that will keep coming no matter how many precautions you take. This doesn't translate well when everyone just leaves their doors unlocked, or in some cases completely open. I tend to sympathize less with the demise of stupid people or people that just lack general common sense. There are at least two points in this film where Laurie, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, would stab Michael once, drop her weapon next to Michael, turn her back on him, and just sit there, sobbing. Now, I get that she's traumatized, but a general human being's fight-or-flight response would generally kick in to put as much distance between them and the threat as possible, and she seems to never do that. There's even a point where Michael is chasing her, and she basically leads him back to the two kids she's babysitting, and I just felt like that was the most unadult thing you would do. In fact, naturally, you would lead any general threat away from children, so it's just kind of a weird choice that she did. And another thing this film was in dire need of was way better editing. Now, there's a scene where Lori is walking and talking with her friends, but after their conversation is over, the shot just goes on, watching them as they walk down the street for like 15, 20 seconds. Another 15 or 20 seconds. Nothing else happens in the scene. They, they just keep going. No one's following them. Michael's not there. It's not really there to build tension. Although the film did have an overly long opening credit scene, and the movie is about 80 minutes, 85 minutes, so I could assume that it just for padding and they needed to hit that 75 minute mark just for the sake of making this a feature film now if i were to give my rating for this movie and again this is where the you know you break out your pitchforks and torches this movie is a six out of ten for me it's a technically well-made film especially for its budget but the lack of survivalistic logic and and, an arbitrariness of michael's motivations and tactics just kind of left me scratching my head and if i'm confused i'm not scared so Alright, let's hop over to the 2018 sequel. A sequel, in my opinion, is a vast improvement over the original in pretty much every way, minus the originality of the tracking shots and the callbacks. And there are indeed a lot of callbacks. And this is just from the first film. I've only seen the original film that came out in 1978 and this new one that just came out now. 
So uh, the new film is directed by David Gordon Green and takes place 40 years after the original and what looks like a Terminator 2 style sequel where the events of the first film turn the heroine from fragile fawn into hardened warrior. Kills are more plentiful and brutal. Characters aren't nearly as dumb, although they still do dumb things like fall and look around to see what happens. And the realism of the PTSD that Laurie deals with keeps the film grounded in a reality I can connect with. Michael himself. Is he better? Does he have more reasons? Uh, only because it's a sequel. And so it's, it's very much the, you know, Laurie being the one that got away all those years ago. I could see his drive to do that. But he's more, again, just a force of nature in this. And he's far less picky with who he kills. He definitely, if you're generally in his field of vision and alone, he's going to come after you. Now, he still does the whole stop and stare at people before killing them. But he doesn't stare at them for the ungodly amount of time he did it in the first one. Because, my gosh, there was so many points in the original where he would just stop and stare stop and stare. The person would be alone. He'd have an easy kill at any given time. And it's the arbitrariness of when he killed them in the original kind of, I was kind of just saying, get on with it. You know, it, it's it, there's a point of tension where you can pull as far as you can, but if the rubber band snaps, that should be where it ends. And the problem is, I felt like in the first one, the rubber band snapped long before Michael got those kills in. So I was just kind of bored at that point. Like I was like, okay, just kill them now because you've been you've taken forever. There's no reason why you would be taking forever. I guess you just like to sit there and watch your and watch your prey before you kill them. I got bored, to be honest. And if it worked for some people, that's great. But honestly it did not work for me. There were a couple of twists that I thought worked very well. Uh one actually both in the third act. Uh, one a bit sillier than the other, I will say. Did I did buy it and they did set it up early, so it did work for me. I know a lot of people that are beholden to the original will not necessarily like this as it deals with a character that is kind of a cut and paste from, from the original. And they kind of go a little more wacky with it. I personally had no problem with it, but other people might. And then the one at the end, uh, dealing with Lori and her daughter and her granddaughter, I thought was just fantastic. That ending was just perfect, in my opinion anyway. Uh, the way the film is shot, I think, is pretty good. Cinematography is great. They even use kind of a film grain to kind of keep the film looking like it was made in the 80s, even though it takes place now in 2018. Uh, the music in this movie is also pretty good. John Carpenter himself comes back to do the music for this movie and does in what I believe to be a pretty good job. Uh, the classic theme is still intact, but they throw in some modern flourishes to keep it up to date. Now, this movie does have flaws like pretty much every other movie. It's not perfect, but I kind of almost hate that people always say, well, this movie is not perfect because I'm like, there are no perfect movies. There are movies that are perfect to you, but it just feels like a cop-out. So let's talk about the flaws in the 2018 movie. Uh, the granddaughter, which while I find a very likable character and shares a very touching scene with her grandmother, has a plot involving her boyfriend that literally goes nowhere. So I found that to kind of be pointless. The convenience with Michael just happening to cross paths with the granddaughter's friends came across as very sloppy because it was like, in the original, they were kind of houses apart. You know, they were babysitting across the street from each other. So the proximity felt like if Michael were to cross one or cross paths with them it would just be easy because they're right across the street but in this one it's like no they're like they're in the same neighborhood but michael just happens to show up to somebody's house and he just happens to be her friend and that felt like a coincidence but alrighty, i'll uh i'll go with it all right let's talk about michael michael himself seems somewhat invincible he gets seriously wounded by gunfire in a certain point in a certain limb by a very powerful handgun and he gets shot 
in a certain limb that he uses later, like it wasn't shot. And yeah, it just, I can kind of scratch my head because it's very much the whole thing of the movie treats him like a human being until he needs to be a superhuman being, which I don't like. And I don't mean human in terms of being sympathetic or even being a person or having a personality. He's just, he's just the shape. He's just that thing that goes around killing people because that's just what he does. But yeah, he seems to sometimes care about not dying. Other times he doesn't. He'll get hit by a car and not move. There are times where he'll get cut and, he, you know, pain kind of hurts him. I mean, it hurts him, but he seems to almost not feel pain. But then other times he, you know, he, things that would break bones, they don't or would have you limping and he's not. And I know it's about strength and pain and stuff, but if your leg is broken, you're not going to walk on it like it's not broken because there's just no foundation under your muscles to hold your body up. So I just found that those kind of or those kind of continuity errors to really just bother the heck out of me. It's very much, and, and just that thing with Michael, again, I'm going to go back to both things that I don't like about Michael in both the original and this one. The rules with Michael, they don't exist. And it's a serious irk when movies either break their own rules or don't establish any to begin with, which allows for the writers to cheat without cheating, because anything can happen in a world without rules, which I just find to be like the biggest cop-out. It's like, well, he can do this. And it's very much akin to kids playing a game in the, on the playground and one of them is like well i shoot you with a gun and the other one says well now i'm bulletproof and the other one says all right well now these bullets are you know you know armor piercing and then the kid's like well now i'm a god and the guy says well now these bullets are god killing bullets it's like it just it can ante up to infinity and it doesn't really matter because there's no rules established you can just keep making new new ones to fit your plot so it can keep going and it's just it's lazy it's something i, I don't necessarily like and this movie, uh, for the most part, I think is well-written, uh, uh, co-written by uh, Danny McBride, who uh, apparently uh, met up with Gordon Green back on Pineapple Express. Apparently that's where they made the connection. And uh, they do a pretty darn good job. Uh, there are a lot of shots that uh, harken back to the original. They use a lot of long cracking shots, the same way that John Carpenter used in the original. They even have uh, callbacks to him looking at the slutty nurse from Halloween 2, which I only know because I'm a movie buff, so I just kind of know... Halloween facts through osmosis, uh, the thing where the kids bump into him, things of that matter. So they put enough Easter eggs in there for the fans, but not so much that it stopped to say, hey, look at this, see what we did from the last one. It's very much, if you know what it is, you'll enjoy it. And if you don't, you don't. And I very much appreciate that. So if I were to give my rating for this movie, I would probably give it a 8.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. It made a lot of money at the box office. I think about $85 million in its first weekend, so it's probably going to get a sequel. I don't want it to get a sequel, honestly. I think the ending for this movie is perfect and is a great conclusion to the series, but you know how the studios work. Got to make that money. Those are my uh, contrast comparisons. I think the first one has... The, the first one established the style, so I have to give it points for that, and so that's why I, I give it like a 6. Maybe I, would, I even give the, the second first one a 6.5. Because, again, it's paving the way. And not all first movies of a genre or of a subgenre are going to necessarily get it right the first time or even get the formula down the first time. Obviously, like any science, there are trial and errors. So was I a bit harsh in the first? I think it's just more of my thing of I can't grasp my head around killers that don't have motivations. And you could say, yeah, Jeremy, but Michael Myers, is, he's just a force of nature. And I, yeah, and I can totally see that. But they didn't beholden to the rules of the force of danger type killer, so I couldn't necessarily wrap my mind around that either. That being said, 
for what it was, I thought it was a decent movie. It wasn't it wasn't bad. I thought this new one was an improvement. It, it definitely stands on the shoulders of the giant that is the first one in terms of the slasher genre. You know, obviously this movie comes after a cascade of slasher movies with like Scream, movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, the Friday the thirteenth series, and etc. It's hard for a movie this deep into the slasher lifetime to have anything that's necessarily new but what I think it does is, is it respects the original it knows how to play with tension I think a lot better than the original because the original I felt like with the exception of one scare I think really works and I'm only going to spoil the original because it came out 40 years ago there's a point where Laurie puts the key to the uh, to the Myers house un- under the carpet of the uh, the welcome mat because her dad is trying to sell the house and as soon as she walks away, we get a we get an inside the house perspective looking out at, at Lori and we see the shape or Michael Myers step into frame for a quick second to see who's at the front door. And it's just like a, a silhouette of him. But it was the only thing that kind of got my heart to kind of jump like, oh, that was a nice scare. But everything else felt bad in terms of the scares for the original because they kept using music. With the exception of uh, with that scene, there's a scene where uh, Dr. Loomis uh, later on, just somebody grabs his shoulder. And it kind of is scary because you think it could be Michael and it could not be. But they don't use sound to signify a jump scare. And if it's Lord, if that's one thing I hate in horror movies, it's jump scares where they just have some kind of loud noise to scare you. They do that a little too much in the original. And I feel like a couple of the actual moments that could be scary could actually be scary if they just kind of took out the theme because they used the theme, the original theme a lot in the original movie, quote unquote, raise moments of tension. And I think it works up until a point, but there are points where it just kind of gives you a heads up for a scare before it happens. So you're kind of not as scared as you would be if it had been quiet. And they know to not do that in the new one. So there are moments where Laurie is looking for Michael and they don't have the you know the music building up or even just like when something happens suddenly they don't give you a musical cue to say this is the point where you're supposed to be scared now so i i definitely think the second one is a bit scary i mean i'm obviously not as scared because I, I know how slasher movies work but for what it was doing it was effective and i think it was magically done so thank you for joining me for another look you can message us on facebook at another look you can you know email us at another look podcast at gmail.com and you can tweet at us at another look that is with three o's i am your host jeremy and thank you for joining me